You're listening to nothing important. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's a special... As a 20, 21 year old kid making that song, I would have never have believed anybody would have done that. But thank you for doing it anyway. Oh, you're welcome. It was so fun. We literally crumpled up paper as if we like wrote it and read it. It was really fun. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Oh, have a great night. Thanks for being on their shenanigans. I normally roll my eyes, but I have to admit it is pretty cool that you're on it tonight. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Please enjoy the show. This is D, Nothing Important Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is Crumbopolis Dave. Dave, how's it going? Uh, Bumble Fumblicious evening to you, my friend. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> what the hell no. are you talking about? What is that? <laughs> um, on uh, I gave you a homework assignment, and you kind of watched some Rick and Morty with me. In Rick and Morty, there's an assassin that just loves killing. He's a very jolly assassin. He's like, I'll kill old people, children, doesn't matter. I just love killing. And his name is... <laughs> And his name is Crumbopolis Michael. <laughs> okay. I, I remember Mr. Meeseeks. <laughs> He's like, no, really. I have no ethics. <laughs> so, so anyway, so that's part of your homework assignment. Dave, I am uh, super excited uh, about uh You sound like today's you're phone talking call. fast as shit. I know. I just have a lot going on. I'm trying to... See, this is the kind of guest where there's actually going to be people listening in on the phone just for the fact that we're calling this guest. And uh, one of those folks is going to be my my wife, Kristen, and she's going to be listening on the phone uh, because we are talking to Rick Astley. And a lot of people know Rick Astley. Well, here in America, know Rick Astley as uh, the Rick Roll never going to give you up guy. Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, overseas in Europe and such, uh, he was retired for about 15 years, but he actually has a pretty decent um, amount of albums that he's released. He sold over 40 million albums. He recently came out with his new album, 50. And uh, as I was just perusing YouTube, uh, a Rick Astley video came up. And I, my, my first thought was, wow, that guy has matured like in such a way. He doesn't look like he doesn't look like an old version of him. He just looks like him older, if that makes sense. No, because him older would be an old version of him. Like he hasn't broken down. No. He still looks youthful and healthy, and, and he looks right. like he's enjoying what he's doing. Like the and maybe that's part of his extended hiatus. The industry hasn't worn him down like people of his age mm -hmm. usually. Right. See, I would I would say like old version of him would be like a guy that was like all jolly and hunched over and like you know like orange groves like <laughs> like that kind of. <laughs> but he just looks like an like an older, more mature him. You know, that we all know from, you know, getting Rick rolled with the never going to give you up. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I wonder song. if that was a thing um, in, in the in the European areas, because, I mean, he was in on it around here and he even did some jokes around here. I'm just and I don't want to ask him that because it's so old and over. But right. You know what? But I, I, there's there's also a part of me that wants to ask him that because did did that get him out of retirement? <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did that did they have a factor? Because it kind of put him back into the spotlight, and it, and it was also one of them weird memes where it wasn't mean spirited towards him. 
it just kind of started as it was funny because it was an infectious good song. Right. And then once people heard the song, it got stuck in their heads. It wasn't like one of these memes where it was like uh, unfavorable to him. It was just using him because he was so good that it just kind of blew up. It was funny. Like, Oh, click this link to see my, uh, to see my, uh, my review of the latest Star Wars movie, and then, and then it's, bam, it's here's an earworm for you. <laughs> right, exactly. But I, I don't think that's a negative thing at all. And it, like I said, I, I don't think that whole thing was mean spirited by by any means. Right. The only negative thing is apparently he made twelve dollars off that whole thing of all the times it got played with the way his percentage worked out and what was the actual official video. He made a whopping twelve dollars mm-hmm. off of all that, I guess, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. See. I see. That's the thing too. Is uh, I I don't think people, I think people think that YouTube view people that make money off YouTube views make way more money than they actually do. So like like you and I've had songs on radios. Obviously not not any hits, but people are like, well, how much song did you make off the radio? And then I always have to explain them. Even people whose song is all over the radio makes very minimal money off the radio because they only make like one penny for every five times that the song is played on a certain radio station. Unless they hold the public. Well, yeah, and it, and it has to do with who wrote the song, not just the performer, you know, who actually is the songwriter, yeah, it's, it's who owns who the publishing, did any of the other the stuff right. behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, I mean, yeah, that's a bummer. He only made $12, but, I mean, then again, it might have revitalized his his career and if it didn't revitalize his career personally it definitely put him back in the public public conscious like we're going to talk to him he's going on his first american tour since 1989 right and i guarantee a lot of people in the audience are going specifically because they've been rick rolled that probably does have something to do with it i'm sure it uh yeah. yes so it's it's well earned success but anyway my, my wife uh, she's going to try to jump on the phone i don't think she'll talk so much because uh she doesn't like the whole idea of talking on the microphone, but um, we uh, when we got married, we used Rick Astley's lyrics to "Never Gonna Give You Up" as our actual wedding vows, and this is a rare opportunity to where you could you could do something like that as a fun thing, and then actually talk to the person who inspired it. Like, does that make if sense? If anything, if we can get technical, yeah, if anything, it's like actually being able to speak to God or Jesus. Well, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm gonna get a little uh, semantic-y here, but you're actually talking to like, I guess, more so Jesus or a prophet because he didn't write that song, so those aren't his very, lyrics. Actually, that's a very great analogy, Dave. It's it's his performance of said lyrics that inspired you to use them, though. So he's not not responsible, but not directly responsible. He's not the creationist. He's not the prime mover. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh going on 7 years ago now when my wife and I got married in the cigar bar of a carnival cruise ship and we used the lyrics to Rick Astley's never going to give you up as our vows to each other I never thought that one day I would actually be on the phone with the man himself and then have the opportunity to tell him <laughs> that we used his vows as part of our wedding ceremony. Okay, quit being shitty. Now I hope that he just demands royalties from you for using unauthorized un- unauthorized reproduction of his lyrics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to ask you to send him 50 bucks. It's like 12 like Right away. <laughs> Which is more than he made off it's- YouTube off being a Rickroll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, so that that's going to lead him to start shaking people down for mm-hmm. everyone else who's done the same thing. And he's never going to get And it's going to become a whole thing. Yeah. Never right. going to shake you and, down. <clears throat> and for those of you listening while we're waiting 
for uh, Rick Astley and his people to give us a call. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing this afternoon? You're in Washington, D.C., and you're joining us by telephone. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm in Washington, D.C. I can see the Pentagon and the Washington Monument out of my hotel window right now. Well, what's awesome, too, is that the time it couldn't be more perfect for Jeff to be in Washington, D.C., because I'm actually going to be in Washington, D.C. next week <laughs> for, yeah. for the— the Trumpsters inauguration. <laughs> That's funny because you guys are going to uh, be in DC. I was excited and... not to be here for work. <laughs> you were excited not to be there? Like during yes. the inauguration? Yes. Because of <laughs> what a presumable shit show it's going to be. Just uh, as far as security and traffic and everything else. Uh-huh. I'm not even talking about anything political. I'm mm-hmm. just the saying logistical it's nightmare. going to be a logistical nightmare. I mean, because we are in Arlington, which is right outside, where they also have the... Uh oh, what's it called? Cemetery, you mm-hmm. know, for yeah. all the uh the dead people. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And but when we come in from Reagan Airport, we also get to see all of the monuments and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, we're right, we're right here. Uh, I cannot imagine with the traffic that I've already had to deal with, just coming from the airport <laughs> and getting to here, what it will be like on the nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first. Yeah, it's it's going to be an experience for sure, but it's one of those things we we wrote our congressman just as a kind of uh you guys know me, I'm very like, well, let's just try it and see what happens kind of guy, right? Right. And mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly how this ended up was uh, my wife and I were just talking about it and I was like, well, you can go there to the National Mall and you can watch the inauguration on the because it's a public event for, you know, like our new, you know, love him or hate him commander in chief. Like anybody can go. But to get the seats up front, you have to get a ticket from your uh, your representative or your congressman. And uh, December 23rd, I got an email and uh, letting us know that we got tickets. So I was telling my wife, I'm like, well, we have to go. And my wife and I aren't yeah. even like overtly political. We're just like, for us, it's just like, well, what are the chances that that's going to happen again? <laughs> right? Right, right. Like, yeah. You know. While I, while I have you, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, on your recommendation, I went and saw Moana the other day. Yeah. How, how did you like that? Oh, I yeah? actually really enjoyed that movie. I did. I enjoyed it because I, I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast. Um, Brian and Jeff and myself have a thing going back to 2001 about forced love interests in movies or any love, love interest in a movie. And mm-hmm. that was one of the first things Brian mentioned. There is no genuine love interest in this movie, and uh, the songs are not half bad. They're kind of poppier than I think a lot. Well, I don't know. I guess Disney songs are always pretty poppy, but I thought it was great. I thought it was very entertaining. Yeah the the only thing I really didn't like about it was, um, you know, like whenever whenever especially animation whenever they have a big name person in the show they always want to give nods to the audience that that person is playing a character yes who also starred in something that you knew that they were in you follow me like yeah yeah uh so um in in moana there's like this really weird like two second clip when uh the the rock is getting ready to sing his song as maui where he does the eyebrow raise thing Mm -hmm. and it i it totally feels like they just couldn't find find anywhere else in the movie to put that in, so they just like stuck it in, <laughs> in right. like that two second. 
where the music was building up and it like really like like it was like almost jarring like how out of place that felt in context to everything that was going around right it's it's like when brian enters a podcast thinking i want to use the phrase fool me once shame on me see i did i <laughs> fucked <Right>. it up <laughs> <laughs> no but that i actually i was reading up on a lot of like some details and trivia and stuff and it mentions specifically they put the eyebrow thing in there and his peck bounce because i guess he has he did it in another disney movie he does his little peck bounce, so he was like bouncing the tattoo back and forth. Right, yeah. Which, okay. by the way, is a hybrid. I guess the tattoos are hand-drawn on a computer-drawn background, which is kind of a cool tidbit. Yeah. Oh, that's so, a cool nod to the way that those Islander tattoos actually get done. Yeah, yeah. they wanted, like, they really wanted to be authentic, I guess, with the, the uh, Polynesian stuff. All the, all the actors were Polynesian. Tra- Troy Palomalu was one of the actors in that movie. Which is hilarious. Really? Brian? Probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's that safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did all the Pert Plus commercials with the crazy hair. No, I, I have no oh, idea. Oh, yeah. He's got about. super long hair. and he. Oh, know, yes, I do. I know, I know yeah, who you're talking about. He's, he's Polynesian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they got gotcha. him a part in the movie. Yeah, way cool. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was really well done, and I kind of like it because... Um, for all intents and purposes, Moana's kind of like a superhero. You know, yeah. like she goes on an epic adventure. She has a uh, some sort of uh, you know, like a spiritual relationship with the ocean and such. And she's running around with like God. So it was cool because she she was just kind of her own superhero. And while my yeah. daughter is very very much so into princesses, uh, particularly the Little Mermaid, Rapunzel, and Belle from uh, Beauty and the Beast. She uh, is absolutely infatuated lately with Moana, and I like that because uh, because uh, my sperm are worthless and can't make boys. <laughs> so I got the ne- <laughs> I got the next best thing, I guess, girls. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> although there's I suppose goes, I there's guess. still time for that to change, Brian. One of one of them could probably turn out to be a lesbian, you know. So <laughs> so you take the good with the bad, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Positives, right? Yeah. Positives. <laughs> Daughter-in-law. <laughs> right you know my wife and i we were discussing that uh because uh fundamentally I, I don't have any issues with anybody that's uh you know gay or anything like that i just i just can't identify with it because you know i'm not and uh, right, my yeah. wife and i were talking talking about that and i was like well what would you do if one of our daughters came out to us and said that she was gay and my wife said nah, I, I don't know i guess we'd have to cross that bridge when we got there kind of and then she said well how would you react and uh, my first reaction was no sleepovers. <laughs> like, I, like I, feel, <laughs> I, I felt like I felt like because especially having a girl, you know, then you cover or I guess if you had like a gay kid, you'd have to cover all bases. Well, say, yeah, <laughs> at that point, <laughs> there's right, no boys it, because they, they could force things. Right. And no girls. It's still inappropriate to have little boys. Things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess it would be. A, no, that would be hilarious. <laughs> it would be a sleepover less childhood. For any of my hypothetically <laughs> gay children. <laughs> so speaking of family taboos, um, look into Maui, his history. Holy fuck! Are we still on Moana? <laughs> What's that? Are we still in Moana? I wanted to shoehorn that into the conversation. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it was really good. Uh, the rocks. 
Another funny thing about the rock song. No, is, I was talking um, about the the demigod, the the actual legends behind the demigod of Maui. Pretty fucked okay. up. Oh, okay. Yeah, like somebody created a woman out of the earth and had sex with it, and then married the daughter. You know, tell oldest time. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and then and then Maui, I think that's Japan's doing that right now with real sex dolls. So the Ibe, yeah. it's like the same thing. I, w- I will say, um, you know, and not to be a dead horse, I will say, though, that the uh, food orgy in Moana was stellar. Right, yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah, as soon as, as soon as they put the heart back and all the food started growing again, they celebrated with a massive, <laughs> massive right, right. gangbang. So, yeah. Right, yeah. And what I like about Did, it is... Well, how else it, does wait, one celebrate? Is our podcast how on else a does one celebrate? Now? I was, well, I'm walking through the hotel. <laughs> I have my laptop open. And I'm staring at it, and I'm just walking walk, through the Walk up to somebody right now in their face and be like, I am podcasting right now. Be quiet. Hey, guys. I'm on a podcast right now. We're recording. I just wanted to say hey. Hello. So, hey. Hey. How are you? Yeah. Hey. Talking to that one. How are you doing? What are you guys' names? Uh, Brian. Brian. From Missy. From Miami. From Miami? Yeah. Missy from New Jersey? We're from Chicago. Chicago. So, hey. hey. I went to Northwestern. Oh, you went to Northwestern? That's crazy. In 83 to 86. Nice. The Bears won the Super Bowl during Yeah. 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 Very nice. And I, went, I learned the best medicine of my life in Northwestern. Well, cool. Yeah. I'm just walking around. <laughs> so, yeah, t- just saying hi. Tell them tell you're waiting for Rick Astley to call in. I work. We're actually waiting for Rick Astley to call us. Who's Rick Astley? Yeah. Oh, my God. You are yourself. Rick Astley? Yeah. Oh, my God. Who's the, who's that, He's awesome. Uh, you know, from... You're goddamn uh, right he is. He had a couple of hit songs in the 80s. From the oh. 80s. He was awesome. He was awesome. Put he, a song on. He looks... No, put a song Oh, my God. He looks like the skinniest little red-headed kid, and he has the deepest, coolest voice. Yes, he does. Uh, the, those are all true statements. Yes. Having a cigarette? Yes. This is our new segment, Jeff on I'm the, the Streets. <laughs> Why not? Man this is Rome. awesome. Man Man Rome. In Rome. <laughs> um, you you had to. Ashley is yeah. the coolest. I'm sure I so, know his songs. You oh, you absolutely know. You uh, do. Never gonna give you no, up. Never, never gonna let you away. down. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now I know. Yes, that. Sorry, the Wi-Fi is not connecting for me right now. <laughs> That's fine. I know the song. But yeah. <laughs> Uh huh. Two of them have very low voices. Oh yeah. And they can only sing Rick Astley songs. <laughs> That's a fun karaoke. Tell, stance. tell her to oh, ask, yeah. her, they, ask her. Ask her name too. Locked in. Ask her Rick name two Rick Astley songs. Song. Rick Astley songs. Can oh, you? Oh, uh, I'm getting a request. Can you name two Rick Astley songs? Oh. Uh, never gonna give you up. And oh, oh, oh um. That one doesn't count. Two more. It sounds almost exactly the same, so I understand if no, you don't no, understand. No, no. Um, he was bomb. He was like so cool. So no, cool. he is so cool. There's a difference, so cool. yeah. Well, his, his other hit song in the United States was uh, "Together Forever and Ever." Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course Together I know that. Forever, oh. you too. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Jeff and Dave, we have the legendary Rick Astley on the phone. 
<laughs> Hi, Rick. Yeah. All, All right. right. Hi, Rick. Thank How are you? So much. I'm, I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Uh, oh, great. Fantastic now that we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a little bit of an adventure getting a hold of you, Rick. We're, uh, we're super excited to speak with you. Um, and so I guess I'm going to get right to it. Uh, one, one of, well, first, I guess I have to start with this. Um, like, like many, uh, like many of your fans, you know, I know you from the never going to give you updates and, and stuff of early MTV and such. And, uh, my wife and I got married six years ago and I have to grasp this opportunity to let you know that instead of our wedding vows, we actually used lyrics to, I'm never going to give you up to confirm our love for each other. That is amazing. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm, I'm also slightly shocked, but I'm honored. Is what I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, well, we, well, we wanted to do something, you know, super fun and different. And we weren't having like a really religious based ceremony. And, uh, you know, we, we just thought it would be, uh, a fun touch, especially, you know, I'm sure, you know, like the Rick Rowland was going on and all that, but like, we genuinely like the song. So we're like, this is what we're doing. And then I also have to tell you about four months ago, my mother comes up to my wife and I just hanging out and she says, you know, I, I think about your guys' wedding and I think about that beautiful poem you wrote for each other. And, <laughs> and I said, I said, poem? What what the hell are you talking about? I've never written a poem in my life. And she was talking about our vows. So I just wanted to let you know that my mother thinks that your lyrics are the best poem that I ever wrote. Like I say, I'm in a state of shock, but I'm loving it. It's getting better and better, this story, to be honest. I love it. And I, I'm, uh, yeah, I've got to meet your mom, I think. I think I definitely have to. Well... Well, you know what? If you if uh, if you ever come to Chicago, I'm sure we'll definitely go to your concert, and you should. Let's do it. Listen, I have to come to Chicago. To be honest, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those cities. I think as a young a young kid growing up in Britain, there's certain cities in America, I think that if you don't go to once in your life, you you feel you're not you're not going to have a fulfilled life. Obviously, you know New York's one of them. Of course, it is. You know what I mean? Because it's just as we grow up as kids, sure. we see it. But Chicago's right there as well. So, yeah, we've got to go there and do a gig for sure. So, your mum your is in the front row. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. I would love to see that happen. I'd love to see you go to Chicago, but you're, you're celebrating the release of your new album, 50, and you're doing your first tour in the United States since 1989, and I'm looking at the dates, and I don't see any Chicago date. That's because it's cold and we're only playing in warm states. Other than, other than, to be fair, I'll correct that. I will correct that. When we, we finish off by playing uh, on the East Coast, there's only other words, you know, Washington, uh, mm. Philadelphia, New York, Boston. That's the last sort of four gigs that are going to be cold. The rest of it, I'm hoping, is going to be golf weather. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, in, uh, I'm in Los Angeles right now. And uh, I've got a lot of friends in America, to be honest, Ma mainly on this West Coast, to be honest, because... Mm -hmm. A lot of friends who, who came out here to try and make it as a songwriter, producer, all that kind of thing. And, uh, and I've got some friends here, musician friends and different people who work in, you know, different industries as well. But I mean, mainly music. And yeah, I spent quite a bit of time in America, to be honest. But this whole tour that we're doing right now, this bunch of dates over the next month or so is, yeah, it's been strategically planned for warm <laughs> weather. Warm weather and a glass of rosé. That's what it's been planned around. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I hope uh, I hope you extend it past this current end date, or maybe do a second leg when it's summer here in the that, Midwest. That's the idea. Some... No, that is All right. that's the idea. We want to come back later in the year. I've got 
to be honest, I've got quite a few gigs back in Europe when we get back from here, which is going to be great. You know, it's going to be lovely to play back on the home turf, as it were, back in England and stuff. But uh, the idea is to come back to the States and and, uh, and, and up into Canada as well, to be honest. And, and um, yeah, but listen, I know what kind of weather you guys get in the winter. And we did literally, we actually all got on a conference call about it with, with our agent here and stuff. And we just said, look, there's no way we want to be slapping around the North America uh, <laughs> you know, through January and February because it's just... Forget it. I've been up there at that time of year before. It is cold, man. You know, so yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we currently have an half of a quarter of an inch of ice over everything in our area right now. We hit, got hit by an ice storm. Wow, last night. wow, yeah. that is yeah, it's just crazy, it's crazy. Well, to be honest, I mean, I'm in Southern California, like I say right now. It is pouring down. It, yeah. It's been. Uh, our daughter flew home yesterday. She's been over with us for a week or so. In fact, two weeks actually. We came just before New Year, and she's had a you know a break here with us and um, she's 24 and her boyfriend came and what have you and, and she's been to California before you know growing up as a kid with us and stuff but mm-hmm. I mean it's just crazy it's like this This is you know I, I'm telling you Al, Albert Hammond wrote the song It Never Rains in Southern California uh-huh. Albert you're wrong you're wrong but <laughs> <laughs> well, when it pours man it pours <laughs> well, yeah. well maybe you're bringing that rain uh, from London because maybe because they have like a two and a half year drought out there, they have like uh, people couldn't water yeah, their lawns. I know. Well, maybe maybe they're going to have to start employing me in different parts of the world, Australia and places to go and uh, get some rain going. But yeah, <laughs> control so, that uh, global warming. Well, then you'll absolutely. never come to Chicago because we get plenty of precip- precipitation here as it is. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, we, we can. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to put that on the back burner. No, we don't, I mean, like to say, we we grow up in Britain, and I'm sure you've heard this from other people. And and a lot of TV shows, obviously, but movies and stuff, and music as well, you know, um, that we're kind of influenced by and we see growing up as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there's, a, there's a definite fascination and an attraction with America for most of us, I think, because it's where the blues came from, it's where gospel came from, it's where, it's where soul came from, let's face it, to be fair. And, and, and for me, growing up as a kid, there's so many places in America that I, I do, you know, really want to see. I've been around America a little bit, but it's always kind of, they're just on the radar, I think, because you kind of think that is where this actually happened. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, 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 it's funny. Yeah. So have you ever been to the places where that, that kind of stuff actually started? You know, like your Memphis, you know, your, your yeah, Nashville, I, your areas. I have, yeah. I, um, we actually, um, about six, seven, about six years ago, I did a drive from New York to LA with a, with a, a friend of mine who's actually a documentary um, director. Wow. And we we had this sort of a plan, really, to... We kind of made, like, a little... Um, uh, you call it, like, a little teaser, where the idea is, is to go across America and go to towns that have had a song written about them and then mm. try and find out why, you know, and find out, you know, who wrote that okay. song, why. Did they actually even go to that town to write it? Do you know what I mean? Or, or were, they, were they sat, you know, uh, in a studio in, in, in L.A. or New York or, or Chicago writing a song about, you know the blues down south and the do you know what I mean or whatever yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we drove across so um, I went to Memphis on that trip actually but just for a night and just down the Be- is it Beale or the Beale Street or whatever it is and went yeah, down Beale Street, Beale Street. Yeah. Um, I was in Nashville funnily enough uh, at the end of last year because we came over to the States uh, and up into Toronto as well um, just to do like just a little couple of taster gigs really just doing promo and stuff for the album and and just just to let people know I wasn't dead to be honest um, and, and we, we did we went and did a little gig in Nashville uh, and I've not been there for like you know 
donkey's years, like you can't remember twenty odd years. Hmm. Um <laughs> and, and to be honest, I was quite surprised. I mean, every 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 taxi or Uber or whatever that we got in, they were all kind of saying that um you know, Nashville's changing an awful lot, the whole and and we can even feel that in the UK. We don't have a massive country thing there, but I mean we do country records do cross over from Nashville, do you know what I mean? As they uh, do here, but sure. they do over in Europe as well. Um so yeah, there's there's a there's a few places that I've been to that, you know, and we're gonna go to Atlanta on this trip as well, and obviously that's kind of it's kind of a bit of a even a modern day home for R and B, I think. You know what I mean? So right. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I know um, Dave, uh, our co-host Dave here, is an audio engineer, and he actually has some uh, questions about your process and uh, your recording. And Because uh, the, the new, new album, album, you, you did everything yourself. I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all. And I, heard, I listened to the album, and it sounds great. And uh, Thank you. My first question, honestly, is if you're willing to share, like, what's your favorite microphone to use? Because, like, your voice is so unique, and you're known for your vocal tone. So I was just kind of want to steal some of your tricks. The crazy thing is, if I'm absolutely <laughs> honest, I actually don't care what microphone I use. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, um, I, um, I, um, there's a really good friend of mine. Well, I'll start from the very beginning. Years and years ago, um, towards the end of me kind of finishing that part of my career, really, uh, back in the day, um, a keyboard player came to work with me, a guy called Andrew Frampton, who is now a big songwriter and a big producer. And... He, at that time, he was like a, a higher keyboard player, if you like, you know, a session guy, a great player, hmm. became one of my best friends. And his brother is a studio engineer and, and um, mixer and all the rest of it. And he mixed my new record and he engineered with me and what have you. Um, and he just brought a bunch of mics. And, and um, I mean, I've got a couple of mics at home, but I couldn't even tell you what they are, to be honest. They're just old mics that I've had for years. I don't really care. I don't get into the... We actually, at the very beginning of the process, I said to him, his name is Dan Frampton. And I kind of said, look, do you, do you want to get a new signal path together? Do you want to buy some new gear? Because I, I had some, you know, um, things that I've had for years, like a Yuri compressor and different stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, should we just get some new things? Just because I'm sure you know what it's like. Every now and again, you need to buy a new toy just to get you in the mood. <laughs> do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, inspiration. Um, yeah. yeah, and he's, he's got bunches of different mics. Um, and to be honest, we, we just kind of split one up and we had to listen to it. And I said, that's good for me. He said, that's good for me. Let's work with that. And that's what we did. Cool. I don't, because, because partly, partly, partly on that subject, partly, um, I actually said to myself last, sort of last January when I really started getting my act together to make this, this record, I said to myself, um, I'm just going to make a very simple setup. Um, I'm going to have that bass guitar, you know, I've got a Fender Jazz and that's the only bass I'm going to use. Huh. I've got, I've got several different, you know, electrics, a couple of acoustics, but I kind of got the ones, my favorites and said, those are the guitars mm-hmm. I'm going to use. Um, I've got a couple of different drum kits, but a lot of it's just programmed to be honest. And there's a bit of real mixed in. Nice. Um, I've got an old piano that my wife bought from years and years and years ago, which is slightly out of tune, but I love it like that. <laughs> and I just said, those right. are, that's my, that's my, uh, palette. That's my colours. That's what I'm going to make the record with. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm sure you're familiar with Logic. I just said I'm going to do everything in Logic. I mean, Dan mixed it obviously afterwards, and uh-huh. you know he takes it into Pro Tools. But I just said this is what I'm going to work with. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into using a million different sounds and all the rest of it. I'm going to do it a little bit like I used to when I was a kid, when I went into a, a four track demo studio and said that's what's available. Well, that's what I'm going to make this noise with. And that's kind of what I did, to be honest. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're, it's it's truly just an extension of you. It's it's yeah, the tones that you like, and you kind of 
just kept it simple. And that, I guess that does yeah. show, you know, that now that you're saying that, it's like, yeah, it's a very personal, personal record for you, which is, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and also, to be honest, because I've been in studios with, with you know, great producers over the years and uh, some of my friends, like I say, are, are, you know, pretty hot writers and producers and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And the truth, the truth of it is, I, I, I know for a fact that I've, I've heard stories of, of people say, like, Bono's put vocals down on a, on a handheld SM58 mic, which you would use on any, you know, any stage yeah. or any bar or any pub around the world. Um, and at the end of the day, if you've got enough of a voice and you've got the right song and you've got the wallet, you can make it work. Do you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. isn't actually about the equipment. Mm-hmm. The equipment is, it excites you, gets you going, it sometimes gives you a bit of a, a kick in the pants to make something, you know, at the right. end of the day, you, you know, kids are making records in the bedrooms that are, that are crossing over on Spotify and making it work. And and I think I try to just keep that in mind that even though, yes, you know, I can afford to go out and buy loads of this, that, and the other, I just said, no, I'm going to make a record in my little studio at home and it's going to be a bit more of a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a work of passion from me yeah. that just comes out of that room. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. So it's more of a, yeah. you'd rather have a rough diamond than a polished piece of coal, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 well, yeah, exactly. and, and also, to be honest, I think it's just that thing sometimes where you think, my, I, I played all the instruments and I am not a musician. There is no way I would stand up in, 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 a, in you know, we were in Nashville, as I could say, a little while ago. I mean, I would be terrified to get on stage there and pretend I was a musician. I have, I, I have no problem getting up and singing and I play a bit of drums, so I'll do that. But I'm not going to get on the guitar in Nashville. Forget that. That's not even. That's not going to. Because there's 50 guys in that room. Who, who, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. but in yeah. terms of being in my little studio in a dark room, um, given enough time, I can make it sound like I can play, and that's what you know. That's been part of the joy of it. To be honest, is to is to just keep working at it until it sounds okay. You know. That's that's great yeah. because I, I literally do that on this podcast. We have a segment where I cover songs and I'll do the entire productions by myself in the studio. So I totally get. That aspect of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like when you when you're making an album and doing stuff like that, and you know it, the vocals don't matter, or the equipment and stuff doesn't matter. Uh, you've done like sixteen or eighteen cover songs uh, of other people's work. You know, how do you choose that? Is it all based on 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 just what you like or what you think you can hit as far as notes go, or? Um, well, yeah, I, have, I, I did a covers record like ten years or more ago, whatever it was. I can't remember. And yeah. um, I think, I think, I think, to be honest, a lot of the time that's just been about songs that kind of are fun when you're jamming them around. We, we actually made that record with um, uh, human beings, and uh, we all got in a room <laughs> yeah. and, and, and recorded it that way. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think we we, we basically uh, I came over to America to do that record actually. And we just basically just jammed songs until we felt they kind of sounded. Fun, you know, um, I think covers records, let's face it, that on the one end, they're the most difficult thing in the world because you're going to destroy someone's favorite song. It's as simple as that. Yeah, okay. From my point of view, from the artist's point of view, whatever, I think you have to do it from a sort of like, look, it's just a bit of fun. Perhaps I haven't got the, the balls to make my own record right now or, or, or the feeling to make my own record, I, but I still want to get in the studio and have a bit of fun and do something. And I think you just then pick a lot of songs that you think you can get away with singing or that you feel... Because, to be honest, there's probably been a handful of covers done in the world that are better than the original, let's yeah. face it. Sure, yeah, absolutely. It's very rare that that happens. It does happen, and when it happens, it's magical. Yes. But usually, you're kind of treading on toes and you kind of, you know, 
Um, so for me, it was more of a, to be honest, it was a bit like exercising ghosts a little bit. It was kind of saying, well, you know, um, it, it, it's a way of getting into recording and music again, because I hadn't made a record before that for a long time. Um, right. And just having a bit of fun with it and saying, look, it, it, it's not it's not like burying your soul, because I think that's what you do when you write, like songs on this new record are quite personal to me and the lyrics and talking about family things when I was a kid and stuff like that. And that's, that's way more personal. Do you know what I mean? Right. When you're doing other sure. people's yeah, songs, I think it's more of a joy thing to do. It's more of a fun thing to do. And just don't be too precious about it in a way. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're never going to match the original. Do you know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I remember on my first, my first album, because I've done, obviously never going to give you up together forever songs like that, really pop on the male songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys who produced it, they wanted me to do, and so we ended up doing a cover of Napkin Calls When I Fall In Love. And to be honest, yeah, yeah. let's face it, I murdered it. I was a 20-year-old 20, <laughs> kid. You know, he's one of the greatest singers. He's one of the greatest singers that's ever lived. But yeah. I think they just wanted to show people that I had the possibility or the potential to sing something else at some point in my life. And, and, you know, and I, I kind of, I've grown, to be honest, to really enjoy singing that song live because it's an amazing song anyway. And like I say, he's an amazing vocalist. No one's going to do it. And he's a bit like a Sinatra. No one's going to ever going to get near him. Mm. But I think, it, I still think from a, from a joy of doing it sort of perspective, it's still nice to do things like that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Is there, absolutely. Cool. I was say, is there anybody that's covered one of your songs that you think is better or like that's really just impressed you and blown you away? Um, to be honest, I haven't really heard many, and, and and I think again, I think that you know, if someone's going to do, let's say, never going to give you up or something like that, that that it's a bit of a tough one to do because it's so there's a there's a kind of like um, I'm not saying that you can't cover songs from certain periods. I was going to say, is it, is it too you, in the moment for the time that it came out or something? Well, for me, again, I think especially never going to give you up. Let's say that that. It, it, it is locked in a moment in some ways, and it certainly is in my mind and in my heart, I think. But also, I think because of the Rick Rolling thing and the kind of, you know, the little bubble it's had on the internet and stuff, mm-hmm. it'd be a bit tricky to cover that one, I think, right now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because yeah. it's like, it's sort of taken on a life of its own, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. Someone, actually, funnily enough, a guy, um, my wife is Danish, and um, a guy in Denmark, um, he covered a song of mine called Cry for Help, which is a, it's a ballady sort of song and it's got a gospel choir on it. And, it, and I actually ended up singing it with him. I did a duet with him on his record. And that was a really fun thing to do because cause I really like his voice as well. And, and uh, it was just a fun thing to do. But I think sometimes, like I say, cover versions is so, so difficult. Right, yeah. There's been a few. There's only been a few, I think, that people do when you think, that's actually better than the original. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, yeah. We, we, we kind of fall in love with the way that people have done songs, don't we? And, and it's very hard then to kind of, you know, switch it up and do it differently, really. There's not many people have done it, I don't think. Whoop, are we still nice. there? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, I thought Brian. I, I thought Brian was gonna, you know, take over. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> it this got, is the least it, amount Brian has talked in a very long time. <laughs> I'm. Yeah. I, well, first off, I'm just happy that you knuckleheads are actually asking questions this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So then, no well, we're interested. Okay. Well, we're interested. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rick, I, I got to tell you, it's, it's an honor that you're on the show, and uh, you're starting your U.S. tour uh, January 21st. Uh, at Las Vegas, everybody can find out where you're headed at rickasley.co.uk. And uh, I can't wait for the weather to warm up so Rick Astley can uh, come to Chicago. And Dave, Jeff, and I, and probably even my mom, 
will be standing uh, <laughs> out back of the venue. Uh, with a sign that says, please give us free tickets. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, that, that, that is happening. You're in the front row. That's happening. As long as you bring your mom, you're in the front row. That's happening. <laughs> and now Brian's All right, Kim, you heard that? You heard that, I, Kim? I, 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 if your mum can't break it, make it, just bring someone who could be your mum. Do you know what I mean? We'll bring, we'll bring my mom. We'll bring my mom if Brian's mom can't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your mums. It's the bring your mums tour. My wife, my, my wife, my wife just walked into the room right now, and she's giving me the "oh hell no, you know I'm coming too" look. So, <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it's the wives and moms tour. Mom, all right, Rick, Rick Astley on the wives and moms tour. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, Rick, it's been an absolute pleasure. Again, thank you for coming on the Nothing Important Podcast, and uh, thanks for putting up with all the technical shenanigans earlier. I'm glad we got to you, and uh, we wish you nothing but success. Thank you very much indeed. Nice to talk to you guys. Thank Thank you, and I'll see you up in Chicago. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Rick Rick Ashley, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, first off, how cool is that? Uh, Rick Astley. Awesome. That was actually important. that was actually very cool. Yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> yeah. he was more than I expected to talk to on the phone. Yeah. I, 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 when I was when you said something about like Dave might get technical, and he was like, absolutely. I was just like, I, I was like <laughs> six to midnight. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna go for it. Yay. Because he probably doesn't yeah, get that no. asked of him a lot. I'm sure he gets a lot of the stupid same questions. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, right. and you know, lead, leading up to it, I was actually, uh, by the way, great uh, line of questioning from you guys. It was super cool to see you guys get a little bit more involved than you actually usually do. So that was off awesome. The, off the cuff, baby. Dude, I was having yeah. so much fun just listening to you guys. Like, I, I knew the, you the, were. The, and, and I knew when you get silent, I was like, oh, Brian's in listening mode. Like, oh, he he's, he stopped paying attention. He's he's fumbling with his phone or doing something. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought you were listening, no. just waiting for us to ask no. another question because we were so, you and I were asking so many questions. Yeah, well, well exactly. You know. I'm so used to being the guy that tries to keep things moving. Like I was just, I was just enjoying, yeah, the moment there for a minute, you know. And uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, there was a little bit there where we have a friend. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because I'm not sure how how cool he is with it. But from time to time, will help us book a guest on the show. And I told him earlier today. I said, "Hey, we're we're talking with Rick Astley," and he thought it was awesome. So I tried uh, messaging him on Facebook as we were talking. And I said, hey, I'm not bragging, but we're just talking to um, Rick Astley. No, I'm totally bragging. But uh, I actually put put that as a status on my Facebook as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to a message to him. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't really want to like uh, – like I wanted to give hints and didn't really want to say for sure that we were recording with Rick Astley until yeah. we, we had the episode mostly done. But then I was scared to hit the X and close out the Facebook and erase it for fear of shutting off the recording – <laughs> and losing anything so i'm just like fuck it. it it's just gonna it's just gonna be up and people know we do this bullshit anyway. uh you know there's a but, little thing in the corner you can hit and it's called delete post i do it all the time mm-hmm. yeah but like i i just didn't want to take the chance so anyway uh super cool dude he he seemed really open to it and uh you know on a personal note it, it makes me really happy that one uh i don't know if we're gonna keep it in the show but he took a couple seconds to talk to my wife and um two I loved uh, personally how happy he was that we used his lyrics as the vows for our wedding. <laughs> and yeah, and a little creeped out. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> little column A, little column B there. Little, yep. yep, but that's okay. That's what we're trying to do. Ride the fine line. Uh, so 
ladies Always. and gentlemen, make sure to also check us out on the better Better Call Saul podcast. It's all good, man. You can find us at itsallgoodman.com. Please make sure that you are sharing these episodes, that you are reviewing these episodes, that you are uh, subscribing to us on iTunes. Make sure that you're hitting up the website, nothingimportantpodcast.com. Uh, Dave, thank you so much. Uh, our journey tonight has been a long one. Have fun editing this one down, my friend. Oh, God. Uh, We're, uh, <laughs> I'm at 88 minutes right now. Mine's Absolutely. in two separate files because I stopped recording for a while. Yep. So and, uh, figure that Jeff, one out. Jeff, thank you for doing Jeff on the street while we were waiting for Rick Astley to call. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. And uh, yeah, we're just going to keep getting the good guests. We got some great people coming up. So, Dave, you can stop recording now. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.